Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brett Bow and myself continue our discussion on Article 10 of the Augsburg Confession about Holy Communion, looking at an Old Testament passage and how it points toward the wonderful means of grace we have in the Lord's Supper. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast yet again. Uh, I am Pastor Brett Bow, joined by my friends. Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Right. When you say yet again, do you, you oftentimes just kind of change who you are? Is it, are you just kind of interchangeably uh, yeah, have... Right. Are, Shape-shifting. Do you have like split personality that we don't know about? No. I just wondering if you were getting sick of yet again yet with again. another oh, podcast. No, no, no. I'm just, it was just a way to say we're here again. Yes. Another week. Here we, we are. Another Tuesday. Yes. Another episode of Being Lutheran Podcast. Just to keep Keith Grindy happy. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> unless something has come up and I'm not able to upload, then right. it's a different day or yes. a different week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we're still talking about Article 10 on the Holy yeah, Supper of our Lord. We are. And as is our custom, we have two episodes of fleshing out the teaching and uh, thinking through the scriptural implications. In this case, literally fleshing out. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> the literal. Is the literal. means is, <laughs> and that's why it's is. for you. Yeah, is means is for you. Okay, got that out of my system. <laughs> you, 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 that's your picket. Yes, that's right. Um, anyway, yeah, as is our custom, we have two episodes of teaching and two episodes where we go to the text of Scripture and flesh out literally again uh, the, the what the text is telling us. And so today we're on our Old Testament passage. We are in Psalm 34. So you can grab your Bible and open up and follow along with us. Yeah, I, I think this is an interesting mm-hmm. passage for us to study in light of Holy Communion. It's it's probably not the strongest connection. Yeah. But as we said, there's not a lot of material to work with. Yep. We've already worked with that material. We right. ver- verified. But but this is yep. just a really a really strong yep. um yeah, by the poetic way, yep. passage. Go yeah. back to episode 121 to hear our Bible study on Exodus 12. Which is where we wanted to go on yes. this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about this. I, I substitute taught at our Free Lutheran Bible College. Uh, and uh, we, for the apologetics class, and you, this is not a podcast about flame, although it sounds like it sometimes. Uh, I had, <laughs> we love flame, you, I had yeah. flame as a guest at the class. We, we Zoomed with him uh, so that he could ask, answer questions about the Christian approach to social justice. Um, and and the, just for our other yeah. listeners, the class he's referring to is the Bible school mm-hmm. that Jason teaches at occasionally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this apologetic—I just said that I oh, substitute taught at the <laughs> Free Lutheran Bible yeah. College. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, one of the things he said about how, why he addresses this through his lyrics and his art yes. is he says that art is the gateway to the mind through the imagination. Mm-hmm. And when he said that in real like it, that's good. it blows my mind away that that's exactly what it is. So it, what that's done in the last couple of weeks is it's really given me a better appreciation for the Psalms yeah. as theology. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, absolutely. The Psalms as theology take doctrine mm-hmm. and scripturally turn it into an art form. Mm. And I think that's where the strong connection here of Psalm 34 Good. is to communion because it's going to be the gateway mm-hmm. to our mind through the imagination yeah. and how we interact with Holy yep. Communion. Yep. And Gene Veith wrote a good book about imagination as well, uh, yeah. saying similar things. 
the patron saint of vocation. GV. Yes, that's right. Vocation. <laughs> we got it in. All right. Uh, I got all my uh, buzz statements uh, yeah, out of got, the way. And your buzz statements yeah. are longer than mine at this point. Yeah, that's right. And Brian's too. Yeah. We haven't said Trinity in a while on the podcast. But we're always talking about the Trinity anytime yeah. we're talking about the real presence of Christ. Yeah, right. <laughs> there, you go. there we go. Now we're good. 4D chess going on here. So for those yeah. who have a good bingo, we have a good bingo now, and you're being wizard oh, bingo cards. Good. good. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so let me read the text for us that we're considering today. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 10. Uh, just like you said, beautiful passage here. Um, so I'll read that for us. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. My praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes his boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Mm. Here ends the scripture reading. Amen. Have, amen. Yeah, amen. Wow. That's, we're hmm. going to need 10 episodes to do one on each one of these verses. My yeah, goodness. There's a lot to unpack. And, and uh, seven just really hit me hard. Hmm. Like just Why in this that? moment, hmm. just, you know, that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And, hmm. you know, since we're talking about communion, we were talking about a little bit of confession yep. off mic and, yep. and how important that is. And just, you know, as we prepare our hearts for Holy Communion, mm -hmm. it's really the proper use of our baptism to mm. do this with a humble and contrite heart. And that that verse to me just speaks of that, hmm. that the presence of God is there for those who fear him yeah. and place their trust in him. And yeah. I just think it's, that just hit me. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, and I, I've been reading my personal devotions in Exodus and how they were setting up the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord coming down and, mm. and his, you know, his presence in that form at that time. And, and just the awe that I'm sure they felt of being led by the Lord and, and, and him forgiving sins through the sacrifice, you know, that points to Christ and, okay, mm. good. The, the glory, the visible yes. glory of the Lord. There, <laughs> right. there's your, see, it's interesting, Brian, you got hit by verse seven. As Brett was reading this, I got hit by verse six. <laughs> you know, that was the verse that was like, whoa, huh. this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him all mm. out of all his troubles. That, mm -hmm. That's the whole worship service mm -hmm. in one verse. Mm -hmm. Oh, funny. It's, it's we cry out to the Lord. Yeah. The Lord acknowledges our confession right. and he saves us. Mm -hmm. And and it's what happens in communion yep. and what happens in the preaching. But right. This is amazing how you can study yeah. one passage of scripture and you're, you're popping off all these verses. And I, and I think that's a good reminder to us that the word doesn't change, but we change as we live life under God's grace and the Holy Spirit applies his word to us in our situations. The, the same text maybe will especially um, stand out to us as we're going through different things. And in different and, contexts. Yeah. Right? So the verse that stood out to me was, <laughs> was verse eight. But and that's, and that's kind of why uh, we're in this text. But can I tell you guys a little bit of a funny story? Yes, I don't know if please. it's funny, but um, verse eight was 
what I wrote in my high school yearbook underneath my senior picture. Um, Taste and see that the yeah, is good. Yep. I guess it's funny because, I don't know, it just takes me back to that, you know, people say silly things in their high school yearbook of, mm-hmm. um, but as a high school senior, I really wanted my fellow classmates to, to taste and see that, yeah. that the Lord is good. You know, they, many of my classmates rejected Christ. Um, now that I think about it, a lot of my Christian friends during that time have since fallen away because they were living under a law-based Christianity and they were not receiving the gospel. And they, even some of them said to me, I can't pull it off. Yep. That's exactly and, what I said when I almost walked away. And I wish, I wish, I wish, I, I, <laughs> I kind of want to write it like an open letter to those friends now that I, I feel like the Lord has reinforced the gospel teaching to come back to this again, verse eight, oh, taste and see uh, that the Lord is good. Yeah. I think the quote... I guess it wasn't a funny story. No, well, well I'll, I'll, yeah. I think the quote I wrote in my high yeah, school... Yeah, what did you... <laughs> ...was probably a Billy Madison quote. <laughs> so, I'm way less by... I, I, I think, I oh can't remember. Oh, God, forgive <laughs> us. I hey, guess I, I was I was and probably still am like the goody two-shoes. Uh, sure. You know, I'm sure I was self-righteous in those years, but... I, I watched those movies too. So. I well I, I think the I think, I think the quote I looked I, I oh, used no. I, if I re, I think it, I, I used the quote quit looking at me Swan. <laughs> so there you go. This I'll, is great. Now Brian, this completely is true derailed confession that times. What, what did you have in your in your high school yearbook? I didn't write anything. Oh okay. I, yeah, I was very much the nerd, and I didn't want a yearbook. Uh. I don't have a yearbook. <laughs> No one asked me to sign one. Really? Oh. Yep. That was, I, you know, I'm not looking for pity. It's just that's how it was. Okay. So, yeah, that's that was my experience in high school. But we had a big class. I mean, we had a graduating class of like 325. Wow. So, but, yeah, I was very much nobody hmm. in, in my high school. So hmm. Interesting. Know, we yeah. moved halfway through my junior year, and I was done with high school my, oh. by then. And, you Stop know, I had three semesters me, with my, <laughs> quit looking at me, swan. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. All right, back to the text. <laughs> back to scripture. Um, let's start with verse one. I think, yes. man, I think just yeah. about every one of these verse, verses mm-hmm. has an application for the topic on yep. hand. You know? Which is, we're talking about the Lord's Supper, by the way, <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you've forgotten. Forgot. <laughs> we certainly have. Um I bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what's what's interesting in this is the perspective that we're lent by making sure this is a Psalm of David. It's a David. Mm-hmm. Um, by David in this, it's how the American church has so inverted the concept of praise. Hmm. It, in the in the generic American church, praise is all about what we're doing. Praise is an experiential thing in the moment where we're trying to drum us, drum ourselves up into this kind of like ecstatic state of being excited about God. And and all all David says here is that it's what God is doing that should occupy our praise. And you, you have the obvious illusion that the praise is in my mouth. Mm-hmm. The, the most praiseworthy thing God has done for us is to put his son on the cross in our place. Mm. And, and so when, when we are receiving physically 
the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, that is a praiseworthy thing to God hmm. that he has done that. And that's our Amen. connection. And I think it's important to note that it, it came to pass through the lineage of David. Yeah. You know, and just a the connection there. But yep. verse 2 really continues along the line, let the humble hear and be glad. I knew that was going to be one of your talking points yeah. because you hit that on the first two episodes of this section. It's that the what God does for us comes to us in the midst of our humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's both an unintentional humility where we have debased ourselves in our sin, but it's also that intentional humility where God has called us and invited us and even by the Holy Spirit prompted us to confess our sins. Yeah. You know, we, we've hit on this point multiple times in the past, <clears throat> excuse me, in the podcast, but no one in their right mind confesses their sin before God unless they have an expectation of grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no way you would admit that you're a sinner before God. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever, mm-hmm. because then you're just acknowledging that you deserve the wrath that you know God is going to bring on you. Yeah. But it's that humility where we beg to God for our mercy. It's the surprise that in the humility, he arrives yep. with mercy. And, and he well, comes to us very personally, too. And, you know, thinking of I was thinking of Romans ten eight, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in, in your, your heart. heart yep. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. I, and just thinking of how it, it's it's for us. It's personal. It's there's something about the mouth too that yeah. uh, just that personal receiving of God's grace. Well, and just you know how verse six hit you. Mm-hmm. in our text and how that's really true. The poor man cried out, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're confessing our sin to mm-hmm. a God who knows everything. Yep. You know, no secret can be hid from from the all-knowing nature of the great creator God of, of the universe. And so why would we try it? It's kind of a futile effort. Mm-hmm. But then when we understand the extravagant grace and mercy poured out in the cross, you know, and then even though in the words of institution, you know, this is my body, this is my blood given for you for the yeah. forgiveness of sins. Do this in, in remembrance of me and bringing yeah. that wonderful, full atoning sacrifice that was paid through his life, death, and resurrection forward to the here and now and participating in what's already taken place almost 2,000 years ago and just making that our reality at that moment in humility, yep. in penitence, is just the best way that we can worship. So it's not really about what we do as far as worry. I think you're right in, in, in talking about worship the way you did, but what's been done? Mm-hmm. Praising God that it's continually in my mouth. Taste and see that the Lord, yeah. that he is good. And that those who are poor in spirit cry out, God hears all of those things. And that that promise of the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him hmm. and delivers them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And in, in verses 3 and 4, build right from that to this mm-hmm. doctrine of communion. Verse 3, let us exalt his name together. together one, of yeah. the, one of the aspects of communion is yep. that we are doing it as the body of Christ. It's not a, a private, unique, mm-hmm. individual experience, but yep. the whole, you know, this is, this is the aspect of communion I wrestled with most as a pastor at the beginning of the pandemic. I was going to say with COVID. Yep. yep. It was in, 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 in what the decision after consulting other pastors and yep. reading as much as I could online as it was happening yeah. that I decided to make and that our council approved was we were not offering communion at or privately unless it was being offered publicly at church. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when, when, when there's an opportunity to receive it commu- communally, 
then I was fine because then if you're doing, you know, communion for shut-ins or, or for the sick, yeah. you're doing it as an extension of what's happening in the church building. Yeah. If you're doing communion individually, you're denying that communal aspect of it. It becomes a private experience hmm. then. And I I could not get that past my conscience. Mm. And so this yeah. was that let us exalt his yeah. name together. Thanks for sharing that. And And then verse 4 the big thing this builds off of what, Brian, what you and I have been interacting with on, on on the praise and the worship aspect of things. I sought the Lord, and He answered me. Now, here's the difference between generic American Christianity and what we see prescribed in the Bible: mm-hmm. is we think we can conjure God's presence by the sincerity of our seeking. Mm. And, and seeking or is it called ecstaticism? Or yeah. Whatever? Well, mm. seeking becomes this abstract thing that is based on our heart intention. We seek the Lord biblically, and in, in, in a Lutheran, an unhealthy Lutheran reflex is well, we don't seek the Lord. That's Romans three. No one seeks after God, mm. right? No, no. <laughs> we we seek Cranky the Lord. Lutherans where God has revealed himself to be. And that's yeah. your communion connection, your whole, the Lord's Supper connection. Verse four. We seek the Lord because he's revealed himself to literally be there on the altar, mm-hmm. in with and under the bread and wine, with his body and blood. Yep. We seek the Lord. What does God do when we seek the Lord where he has revealed himself to be? He mm-hmm. delivers us. Hmm. That's, hmm. that's the Lord's Supper yeah. in a nutshell. Yep. Amen. Well, and even just how verse 9 kind of really encapsulizes kind of all of that, that, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. No. Mm-hmm. Because we're trusting in his word, yep. we're trusting in yep. his promises, we're right. totally and, and entirely allowing um, our, I guess, emotional and, and spiritual and physical health mm-hmm. to be dependent on someone else, mm-hmm. on what's been accomplished in Christ Jesus yep. and not us. Amen. And I think there's a beauty in that, that vine and branches picture that we see in John 15 that I bring up all the time, but just how the branch is so dependent upon the vine. Yep. And I think this even fleshes it out even more. And as we think about um, Holy Communion, you know, a lot of times we can probably take that for granted, you know, mm-hmm. and, but on the flip side of that, I, I've heard people say, well, we're only going to do it once a month because, you know, we don't want it to make it too mundane. Yeah, we don't wanna, mm-hmm. And, and I remember discussing that with someone and I said, you know, I said, the aspect of it becoming mundane is more on the individual mm-hmm. than it yeah. is on, you know, the prescription of, of the congregation. And I like reciting the creed or the Lord's yeah. prayer too. Well, yeah. well, and, or it's, it's the same thing of people who, want the church to stop talking about baptism because of all of the abuses of baptism of people who've mm-hmm. handled it incorrectly. You can't blame a doctrine for its abuses. Yeah. That's, you can't do that. But but uh, one of the passages with what you were talking about, Brian, that, that I've always connected to communion in this aspect, it's John 1, 16 or 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all received from him grace, grace upon, upon grace. grace. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and there's this commentator, uh, an old Lutheran commentator, R.C.H. Lenski. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say John Kleinig. No, not Kleinig. No, Lenski does mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Kleinig has yeah. the grace upon grace. But Lenski, in his commentary on John 1, says the image that's being painted by John is waves on the seashore, mm-hmm. that it's, it's just so never beautiful. ending. Yeah. And, and that's the picture of communion. It, right. one, of the, one of the abundance, you know, like my cup overflows mm-hmm. kind of imagery of communion is that it, the body and blood of Jesus never run out. Yeah. They're no, never amen. exhausted. The yep. church has been serving the Lord's yep. Supper for 2,000 
2,000 years now in the body yep. and blood of Jesus have not yep. been exhausted. That's the amazing. grace and mercy of yeah. God are there right. for us. Right. I think of that hymn, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Yes. I love that yeah. so much. Yep. That extravagant, inexhaustible nature mm-hmm. of God's grace poured out through Christ. Oh, man. Yep. And, and that's like the ESV translation has in verse 9 and 10. Both of those verses use the word no, there's no lack. There's no lack. No, no yeah, lack. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Young lions suffer want and hunger. That's, mm-hmm. But the, the best meal, the most nourishing, mm-hmm. contenting meal we can literally and physically receive mm-hmm. is the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. That is the one that will cause us to be content. Right. It is the one that mm. fills us with all of our needs. Right. It's what Ambrose says, it's quoted in the book of Concord, it's medicine for the soul. Oh, amen. amen. And and I, I love the, you know, I'll bring a little bit of a biblical counseling into this too, of of just the impact on us, on our souls mm-hmm. that it has. Oh, amen. Um, thinking of verse 4, delivered me from all my fears. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of that hymn, Jesus, Jesus, the name that calms our fears, bids our sorrow cease. And, you know, as we receive that grace upon grace upon grace, uh, the Lord refreshes us and um, meets us in the midst of our fears and our sorrows. And uh, we are satisfied in him. And just comforts us. Mm-hmm with reminding us that we have been declared not guilty because of what Christ has done. Yep. We've been declared not guilty and we have been declared righteous. Yeah. Amen. A double declaration. Yep. Amen. Well, in fostering and cultivating humility and reminding us of God's promise, First <laughs> John chapter 1, I thought, starting in verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Join us next week as we wrap up our discussion on Article 10 of the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.